now broadcasting from Suitland, Maryland, USA, Abiding Truth with Dr. McCune, an outreach of Suitland Road Baptist Church. Please visit us at www.srbcoutreach.org. And now, here's our pastor, Dr. Calvin M. McCune. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his word. Let's turn to Romans chapter 6. Okay? Find Romans chapter 6. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to bless us. Father in heaven, we're so thankful that we can come before your presence. We do so in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, you who have given us your word. Father, O eternal Spirit, Lord Jesus, move in our hearts now. Give us understanding. Accomplish all that you desire in the name of Jesus. For us to understand from your word. Thank you, Father. Your word is living. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Thank you, Jesus. It reveals you're revealing Christ, or Holy Spirit, or Savior, or Messiah, or Lord, or King of Kings. You're revealing him to us. Every time we open your word. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 6, verses 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? We're being encouraged to understand, to get a healthy perspective concerning grace. God in heaven, looking at us while we were yet in sin. He came through Christ Jesus and provided salvation for us. This unmerited favor that God gave us, we didn't deserve it, but yet he blessed us to have it. It is by this grace that we are saved. And the question then is, Should we sin because we know we are under grace? In verses 2, certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? What is meant by the fact that we have died to sin? It means that when we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior... At that moment, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. The bondage that sin has in our lives is broken. The devil does not stop. He has not ceased from tempting us. But the stronghold of sin is broken because the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And greater is he who is in us than he who is within the world. That means that we are able 
by the grace of God, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, by the work of Jesus in our lives, we are able to resist every temptation that comes our way. We're able to do that. It means that this, our body, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death, and of course, since it's mentioned here, baptized into his death, it is talking about the experience. It's an analogy is being used here with the word baptism. And this word baptize, the verb here baptize, is the same idea. It means to immerse, and we're immersed in water. So we experience this baptism in Jesus. And yes, it is an excellent verse to understand that when we do get experience water baptism, which God commanded us to do, that we understand that even when we are baptized in the water, in the going down, and coming out in that water, just the, to be immersed in the water, it is symbolic of our death, our relationship with Christ based on his death, his burial, and his resurrection. But here it is speaking about an experience. We are having an experience with Jesus. This is exactly the relationship we have. Christ died for us. And because of his death, because of his resurrection... The stronghold of death was broken. And therefore, we have victory over the enemy because of that relationship with Jesus. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we also should walk in newness of life. That's what grace does. We are always responding to God concerning his grace in our lives. Even in our challenges in life. The more we grow to understand God's grace, the more we grow to understand what Jesus has done for us, is the more we'll be able to stand strong in our faith in Christ. Whenever a child of God is going through some temptation, we pray for them, we're there for them, we're there to counsel them and to help them, but we always remind them, remember what Jesus did for you. Remember who you are in Christ. Remember before you make that decision that you're experiencing a relationship with Jesus, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that you don't want to defile this temple. And remember that you have a choice to make. But remember your choice is now to walk in newness of life. You walk in the new life that God has given you. And his spirit is inside of you. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death. Certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Thank God, saints. The resurrected Christ is the one we serve. The resurrected Christ is inside of us through his spirit. 
not our relationship with Jesus, we continue to experience it as we are growing and to grow in it and to experience Jesus. All of Scripture is to reveal Jesus. Now, I want to emphasize something here. Nothing wrong in, in looking for biblical principles in dealing with life issues. Matter of fact, we should do that. However, we have to be careful here. Because life is not, or Christian walk is not based on biblical principles. It's based on this relationship that we have with God through his son, Jesus Christ. I can understand in the Bible concerning biblical principles how in the pastorate, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my children, my relationship with people. But the devil will attack me and will win victory over victory if I'm not reflecting on Jesus. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your burial. Thank you for your resurrection. Thank you, God. And this is what God is reminding us here. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of Christ might be done away with, that the, sin, that, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. God, wanted, God has provided a way where we have victory over the stronghold of sin itself. And sin is going to be referred here as an, as an entity, something alive inside of us working. And it is. It is. It's this flesh that the devil will use to come against us. And Satan will want us to stay in bondage to sin when Christ has set, has set us free. And many a times to the child of God, that's the struggle. That's the conflict. How come, Pastor, you're talking, you're saying that God says that I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit, but in my mind I'm still being tempted. I'm still being tossed to and fro. I'm still struggling with real issues in my heart, in my soul. There is this conflict happening inside of me. I need deliverance from something in my life. I may not be able to know where, Pastor, I don't even know where this thing started from. But I've been carrying it for years. I may have even been lying about it, pretending I'm a good Christian, but I'm struggling. What is this all about? Am I the only one struggling? Are you following this? Is everyone else walking in the fullness of, with Christ and I'm the only one over here? And Paul says there is a reality here. Christ has set us free from the stronghold of sin in our lives. But the devil is going to use, nevertheless, he is going to use the weakness of the flesh and he will be attacking the mind and the soul and wanting us to respond to the old self instead of reflect on what Christ has provided for me. 
The question is, where lies the solution? What is the solution for that? Well, Paul is speaking here about our relationship with Jesus based on when we came to understand that Jesus is our Savior. So we have to go back to where it all started. Where did it start for you? Where did it start for me? For me, it started 50 years ago. This year, 50 years ago. When, by the grace of God, I heard the gospel message, God opened my heart to that truth that Jesus is my Savior, that I am a sinner, that I'm in need of a Savior. And he became my Savior because he came in my form, yet without sin. He went to the cross, and he took the full consequence of my sin upon himself. Death. That's what sin does. And then he rose again. And Paul is saying, that's where we have to stay. We have to stay in that reality, in that that truth. Are we following that? Every sin we face, every temptation, we have to slow it down and you stop and you think. And you ask the Holy Spirit to help us to remember who we are in Christ. What has Christ done for us? The grace of God. It's not even fear to say to young people, they're saved and they're faced with all that the world is giving them. The passion and the cares of the world. I need to be happy. I need to experience joy. Why can't I experience some of that and and yet not go all the way? At least I have the right to deserve it, to get a little taste of it. All of this the devil is bringing, attacking them, and they're trying to sort it out in their mind. And if we say to them, don't you sin. Don't you do this wrong thing. Make right decision." They're going to struggle. But if we say to them, remember the truth that you are a child of God. Remember what Jesus has done for you. Remember God's grace in your life. Remember that you have been baptized in Christ in the sense that you are saved. You belong to Jesus. Are you following that? This is what Paul is saying to the church. As long as we are alive, the devil will come against us. But he says, you reflect, you keep that in your heart, the truth, your relationship with God through Christ Jesus. That's the only way that they can get the victory. That's the only way that we can walk and live this victorious life. If we try to make decisions by saying, oh, I'll fight Satan myself, we already lost before we lift our face. But if we say, thank you, Jesus. God, I'm being tempted. 
But thank you, Jesus, that I have been united with you by your death. And I'm in the likeness of your resurrection. And this old man is done away with because before knowing you, Jesus, I'm fighting Satan out of myself. Had no idea even that I'm fighting him. I'm using my own self-will to make choices when the devil is attacking me. But now, Father, thank you. Lord Jesus, I belong to you. So therefore, I'm serving you. And I'm not serving this sinful nature. But I'm serving you, Lord Jesus. Are we seeing the difference? That truth will always give us victory over every attack of the devil. And the Holy Spirit is working in us, giving us the grace to experience that. For he who has died has been free from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. And we have died with him. When we put our faith in Jesus, we are saying, Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. This relationship that you brought about, Lord, my relationship with God. When I put my faith in you, Lord Jesus, the very victory that you brought about for me on Calvary Street, God, I have partaken of that by faith in you, Lord Jesus. That is what is meant by living for Jesus. We keep remembering and reflecting on what Christ has done for us. Knowing that Christ having been raised from the dead, die no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lived, he lives to God. Now think about Jesus. Remember, the child of God is going through some struggle, some temptation, something coming to us. And the Holy Spirit says, I want you to think about Christ. I want you to think about your master, your savior. I want you to think about who you are and what he did for you by grace. I want you to think about that. You say, wait a minute, Lord, but I'm going through this situation right now, but I want you to think about that. That's my truth. That's the objective truth. That's God's truth. I want you to think about that because I allow you to come into that understanding at some point in your life. And I want you to think about that. Likewise, we also reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's stop here for a moment. Are you following what is happening here? This is truth being experienced, isn't it? The struggle we face in the flesh, the struggle with sin inside of us, the devil saying, Satan, obey the self, obey the flesh, rebel against God, disobey God, and God is saying, think of what I did for you. 
Are you following that? If we are not reflecting on what Jesus did for us, we are fighting a battle from the weak end. Are you following that? We are making ourselves weak and we are approaching the enemy. When you go on the battlefield, you are taught to arm yourself. You can't leave the armor home and then say, okay, I'm going. Our armor is Jesus. Our armor is what Jesus did for us. So what's the practical of that? The devil comes to me and he says, I want you to sin. I want you to quit. I want you to walk away from ministry. I want you to become discouraged. And he gives all the right reason why that should happen. And God says, I want you to remember Jesus, the Holy Spirit, is revealing Jesus. He will not even reveal himself. He will only speak about Jesus, and he's inside of me. And he says, I want you to remember what Christ has done for you. And I want you to remember it was so complete that Jesus does not need to go back and do it again. He did it one time, and that was sufficient. So therefore, your relationship with him is a standing, eternal relationship. And I want you to remember that. While the warfare is coming, are you following this? If I'm not remembering what Christ has done, and I focus on the warfare, what do you think will eventually happen? The devil will wear it on my mind. Or even if I listen to people that are giving me all kind of advice and not reminding me of who I am in Jesus. Even pastors, at times God comes, he, this spirit, Satan comes against us and tells us, quit, this is too much, this is too tiring. Mm. And the Holy Spirit says, yes, remember, remember what Christ did for you. Remember that he saved you. Not even dealing with the calling. Remember he called you. Remember he saved you. And he saved you now for a purpose. And he is operating this gift called the gift of pastoring in your life. And to each and every one of us, that's what God is saying. We are valuing our existence based on what Christ has done for us. And in every phase of our lives, when we go through situations, we have a choice to make. Am I going to give in to the flesh and sin, or am I going to reflect on who I am in Christ? And there lies, our vic there lies the victory. There lies our strength. We all will have to make decisions all the time. We all will be faced with sin coming against us. The devil saying, be disobedient to God. If we go back and reflect on what Jesus has done for us, this is what God is telling Paul to write to help us to understand. Reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Therefore, do not. It's an imperative. God is commanding us. 
Do not let sin reign in your mortal body. That you should abate in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourself to God as being alive from the dead. And your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under law. You're not under anything of self. Anything that is condemning anymore. But you're under grace. And you have a list of imperatives there. But God is not telling us to do these things or not do as far as the bad things. But what he's telling us to do is based on those indicatives that he gave us before. Are you following that? Based on the fact that Jesus came. Based on the fact that he went to the cross and he died for you. And he rose again. And you're a child of God. And all that happened by grace. Now, we have these imperatives that we have to respond to. Don't let sin reign inside of you. God is not telling us to do something that is impossible. And he's not telling us to do something out of human effort. He's telling us, I'm telling you to respond to me. Because you have a relationship with me through my son, Christ Jesus. Are we following this? And there lies a difficulty. Because if you say to someone who is struggling, down, 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 down. And they keep struggling. And then we condemn them. And sometimes in the churches, the church then give them the booth and kick them out. That is so wrong. That is so wrong. But if we bring them, we say, listen, sister. Jesus saved you. He loves you. Yes. We love you. Yes. You are part of the family of God. Christ died for you. Mm-hmm. You belong to him. He does not have to die again. He did it once. And you belong to him. Yes. You're not your own. Yes. And they say, but, but I did this horrible thing. She says, I did this horrible thing, Pastor. Yes, but since you belong to Jesus, come to him, mm-hmm. confess it, and he promised. Because if he solved your problem while you were yet in sin, mm-hmm. how much more now that you belong to him? Are you following this? He wants you to come back to him now. You did not lose your salvation, but here is what happened. You lose your fellowship. So come back to him. Don't let sin reign in your mortal body. That choice was yours that you're making. But the basis upon which your victory lies is who you are in Christ. Are we following this? Because if the child of God can sin, rebel at a given point in time, and nowhere the Bible is going to say to me, God says to me, Pastor McCune, tell believers they can keep on sinning. God says, God forbid, don't do that. It may be an indication that the person was never saved in the first place. 
But if that person could sin and then come to God and God says, confess your sin and I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And if the act of that sin, if the moment of that rebellion means that you lose your salvation, then what has to happen is Jesus will have to come back and you'll have to go back to the cross and you'll have to die for them again in order to get them into their fellowship relationship with God. And that's why Paul says, knowing that we have this eternal relationship with Jesus, should we sin? Knowing that we're eternally secure? Say, God forbid, don't do that. Are you following this? But we have to keep, and some folks will hear this and say, Are you saying that the Bible says we should keep on sinning? And my answer to them, if someone is listening to this, I will say, what did I just say? Didn't I just show you in the word of God that God himself says, should I sin? And the answer is, no, God forbid, don't do it. Then don't ask me that. Stop playing games with the word of God. Are you following that? God says, don't do it, don't do it. But the basis upon why we should not do it it's because Jesus is now our Savior. Are you following this? So what we do when someone struggles, a child of God, embrace them and remind them and ask the Holy Spirit to open their hearts to remember who they are in Jesus. We still have to warn them, by the way. We still have to be firm and tell them, That what you're doing is wrong. Don't make wrong right. Don't make excuses. Don't tell them, I'm going to be so lovey-dovey with you. I want you to like me, so I am going to make the wrong you're doing. I'm not going to point it out. No. How can I love you if when you're doing something wrong, and I know it's wrong, And I know now you're serving sin, and I love you, but I'm not going to point it out. Of course I have to tell you. But then I'll also tell you this. The basis of your victory rests in who you are with Jesus. Are you following that? And therefore come back to church, because just as God did not give up on you, certainly the church will not give up on you. I trust the Holy Spirit touch our hearts today. Amen? Amen. These doctrines are very challenging. They're very difficult. And many a times when they don't make sense, folks take it to some extreme and come up with some distorted concept. Grace. We'll fully understand it when we get to heaven. And we look back and say, Oh dear God, I have entered. And I know. The only possible way this could happen, Jesus, is because of you. Let us pray first and then, and then we will have, we will keep things going that we'll have the gospel presentation. Amen? But right now, the way the Spirit minister to us right now, let's search our hearts. If there are areas in our lives where we know we are grieving the Holy Spirit, we need to confess it. 
They need, they don't say, oh, I'm saved, and therefore I don't need to confess my sins. That's not what God says. He says, if you confess your sins, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And the only reason that God knows the basis upon which he can say that to believers is because we belong to him. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for speaking to us. You command us, Lord, don't let sin reign in our lives. And Father, our desire is to serve you, not serve sin. Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, Father, we ask that you forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, all areas, God, of grieving your spirit, knowingly or unknowingly. And thank you, Jesus, that we belong to you. Thank you, Jesus. And give us your grace, dear God, to respond to situations, whatever, whatever took us down that path, dear God, to now respond to it, Father, knowing that we belong to you, Jesus. So we deal with it differently. Thank you, Jesus. Give us Holy Spirit strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And when we pray for others who are struggling, dear God, or Holy Spirit, touch their hearts. Touch their minds. Help them to remember, Jesus, what you did for them. Help them to remember, Father, Calvary revealed in their hearts that they belong to you in the name of Jesus. For we know, God, that's how bondages will be broken. That's how the demons will be destroyed. Those fiery darts will be destroyed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. We all say amen. Now we want to share the gospel. All along, this is about the gospel, but we want to share it with our listeners all over the world. You're listening at this very moment. We welcome you that you came in and you tuned in here at Suitland Road Baptist Church. What is at the heart of this message this morning? The Holy Spirit is leading Paul to speak to believers. So if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, Christianity is about a person, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Come to him. He is your Savior. Don't confuse it with whatever might be on your mind beforehand. You might even be in prison listening to us. Some other country around the world Where you may have grown, you may have grown up in some tradition of some other, some other view, some other worldview, some other religion. But Jesus loves you, and He is God. He's the only one that ever made Himself known as Messiah. No one else. He is God. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Come to Him. And you can only come to him by faith. 
We need a Savior. That's why he came. And you need a Savior today. And Jesus is your Savior. So come to him. So today, Pastor McKeown, here in the United States, is saying to you around the world that Jesus Christ is your Savior. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And now we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you because we believe, as so many Christians believe, it is estimated today perhaps 1.5 billion Christians around the world. Join us as we pray and we ask you to pray along and truly believe with all your heart because God has touched you today. Father in heaven, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. God, I know that I am a sinner. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Lord Jesus, by faith, I accept you as my Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of eternal life. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. I confess you are the Christ, the Son of God, my Savior. Thank you for revealing yourself to me today. In Jesus' name, I pray believing. Amen.